Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted GM, Brian, welcoming you to another episode, not of the Dragon's Demand, but of our after-action report. Uh, I have with me Chris and I, we sitting down, obviously, I'm part of it too, uh, sitting down, and we're going over uh, episode 51, Battle on Three Fronts, and basically what it what it all entailed. I, I've said this to the other guys, I think this is one of my favorite episodes of our entire Dragon's Demand run-through. You know, we had a lot of a lot of loose threads of characters' backstories and everything going on in the background, and I know we all kind of wanted to stitch these things up. And I had a lot of things kind of going on in the background, maneuvering everybody, so we could do that, so we could actually start getting on with the story aspect without feeling railroady. And this is what we ended up doing. Uh, I know I said it a couple times that. I honestly think that this is probably one of my favorite episodes of our Dragons Demand run through. Just everything that was going on in this one episode, and I had a really good time. And I hope that you guys did too, listening to it. Um, don't forget if you want to watch it, we're on YouTube at World Hard Twenty. Check us out. Uh, I think that's about it. Let's just uh, warm up our dice and top off our glasses. World of Hard Twenty presents another episode of our after action report by the way i'm getting ready to gear up and sit down with racky in a short while here we're gonna have another one of these things so it'll be like part one and part two don't miss that one either i love sitting down with these guys one-on-one behind the behind the scenes behind the camera so anyways enjoy take care everybody fix for it so oh it's so true it's like i have to you know when i talk to my daughter i'm like are you just telling me and you want some guidance or do you want me to fix it for you yeah i mean because i'll fix it that's me it's like i i gotta do something i can't not do something if something's sideways so how you doing tonight my friend i'm doing well i'm excited i'm excited for this yeah well let's lead it in and we'll we'll give a reason why we're doing it and uh we'll go from there Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted GM, Brian, and with me, my hard slinger. The stabby. Stabby. Our after action report for episode 51. So we got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, as always with these AARs, they're going to be heavy spoilers. So make sure you, you listen to the previous episodes. Um, you probably already are if you're listening to them now, and which reminds me, I want to give a shout out to Gary Kilgore. I hope you're doing well. I know he had some some spinal surgery, getting that that adamantium put around his vertebrae, getting prepped for battle. Roll your initiative, Gary. Hope you're doing well, brother. <laughs> Roll the so, twenty. Hard ep- twenty. Yeah, episode fifty-one, battle on three fronts, and what a shocker of an ending. Uh, obviously, heavy spoilers. I um, want to hold up one of my initiative uh, sticks here. Stubby. So we had three battles going on all at the same time once this episode kicked off. We had Dempsey versus Drosk. We had Valadir versus the War Ape and three other orcs with Warren lending support from a distance. And the one I want to talk about tonight. <clears throat> 
is the one against Stabby versus Heinrich. Now, so this all started when you had, you guys had told the Baroness that she should pay for Flint's tab at the at the Sunset House, and she was adamant that 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 bill shouldn't fall upon her. That you guys were adventurers, and that that's part of the job, basically. If you you were paid to go in and do the job of, of inventorying Hunkley's Manor and and whatever you were actually supposed to go through and clear the place of traps and anything that would cause uh, danger to the inventory clerks that would go in there. And obviously you take a, a brief inventory of the stuff that was in there. And when, uh, when Flint perished, you thought that it was her duty to, to pay for that in which she said no. And then you immediately, you did something kind of crazy. What'd you do? explain to the listeners why you did what you did so a little backstory on stabby is he 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 was a slave in a large city in galarian and the only way he got out was um there was another halfling who happened to be a noble that pulled him out of slavery but before that other halfling stabby has a great deal of disdain for anybody that is noble seems like they're above you and he just bottom line did not like the baroness he didn't like the way that she talked to him uh talked to the group so he had had it by that point and we had a couple interactions with her um and he had had it with her so he stuck his rapier to her neck to intimidate her into pain for flint's burial yeah, it almost immediately, uh, the mood in the parlor changed. And Heinrich had yeah. said, you know, you know, ma'am, would you like me to take care of this for you? And she said no. And she agreed that she would pay the bill at the Sunset House. And you guys went about your merry way. And then uh, after that, you guys came up with a pretty good plan about when Dempsey was going to go deal with Drosk. And a lot of things, I, I think it was still kind of hanging in in the back of Stubby's mind, or even your mind, as you played him, about what might happen further down the line, further down the road. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I had all intention of, uh, of doing something where I was going to strike first against the Baroness. But when Drosk came into the picture, and the urgency and immediacy of us having to address that conflict, I'll call it with Dempsey. Um, I focused all my attention to that, that issue at hand. So I didn't get an opportunity to, um, you know, really calculate what I was going to do. But I, there were a lot of miscalculations on my part with Stabby. Well, you, what was funny was uh, as things were starting to lead up to, uh, to Drosk, becoming more prominent and going through Belheim and looking aggressively for Dempsey and whoever he might be uh, running with. There was a time when you guys went back to the rooms and you had ordered like a fruit tray or whatever it was from downstairs at the Wise Piper Inn. And I had already known there was going to be a note on there. And I wasn't sure who I was gonna 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 let it be either to, to Stubby or to Dempsey. And that's who it was gonna be addressed, one of you two guys. But while you guys began talking, uh, I realized that his 
his direness fed into everybody. Like everybody was consumed with this. So I was like, okay, I'm going to let it go towards Dempsey because I already know where Heinrich is going right now. You know, I already know what's going on with it. So I figured that it would be a good misdirection in the sense where everybody's focus would then be solely on Drosk and his and his boys enough to where maybe Heinrich or the Baroness wasn't even forefront. But, you know, I want to go into the details of your, of your guys' plan the next morning when you guys got up and you decided that you were actually going to go out and meet Drosk at, I think, noon or something like that over in the field uh, that's in front of Hunkley's Manor and also in front of a large copse of trees. Tell me, tell me your plan a little, because I, I, as you guys were formulating it, there was a reason why he was able to get get where you were at. Yeah, the the plan, um, you know, was was for Stabby to gain advantage, so to speak, um, and and have cover and get the jump on Drosk. I think you're giving some feedback to your mic. You don't hear that? Nope. Oh. I I hear that every time you turn. I don't know. It's weird. Sounds good. But, you know, the whole whole plan for Stabby was get him uh, uh, hidden so that he was a surprise to Drosk and and his uh, minions at that point. You know, give us the upper hand in the battle. Because it was clear to me that Drosk... He was, he was serious, okay, and and the way you had played it up is that this was not going to be an easy fight for the group. That we needed every advantage we could possibly get, and that was to put Stabby cover of the trees with Warren's help with an invisibility spell. And at that point, like I said earlier, the the urgency of us addressing Drosk was was so great that I didn't even think about the Baroness or Heinrich. You you play classic, classic misdirection with the Drosk <laughs> character to take take um you know uh Stabby and Heinrich and, and the Baroness off the map at that point. For yeah. me. <laughs> and I had thought um because I had already had it planned that Heinrich was going to be invisible in following you guys in town. I think there was even a point where Warren had done a perception check to see if anybody was following them, following you guys around town, and, and it failed. Yeah, he and failed. He, would, he wouldn't have seen him anyways because he was invisible. But that's what Heinrich was doing was he was maneuvering around and he was checking, you know, following you guys to see when he could get you separated from the rest of the group. That was his whole thing. If you guys had decided you weren't going to go there and you guys were going to bugger out or even if you decided to stand alone or you were going to go into the amphitheater where the uh, where the auction is going to be had, <clears throat> he would have confronted you the moment you were alone. It was going to happen. But when you guys went to the field and Warren had cast invisibility and he was able to perceive where you had gone into the, into the woods, you know, as you did your thing, that's what made him follow you into the woods. And I think I had mentioned this because I, I, we were kind of talking about this before we had recorded a couple of days ago that I had actually built this character and he, yeah. he is a, a total playable character. He's a, he's a fourth level sorcerer and a second level rogue. So that was, that was why he was very adamant, like what he was going to do. And 
the thing about invisibility is the moment you attack, invisibilities drop. So when you had, I, I couldn't believe the luck because I thought you were going to go around Hunkley's Manor and, and aim that way. And I was like, well, this isn't going to work. I don't know what I'm going to do at this point. When you said you were going to go into the trees, I was like, you have to watch the playback. But I was, I didn't even know if I had a poker face at that point. I'm like, you're going to go there, right there, right, right next to the R. Oh, yeah. Where it says road. I was like, and I asked you twice. Remember, I was like, that's uh, where you're going to be, right? And you said, yeah. I said, okay. I was so I was so specific about where I was going to be that I said I will be between these two letters on the road on the tree on the map. Yeah. So it was like pinpoint accuracy. And that was where I was hoping you would be in the trees because it plays in well enough to where uh, the Baroness's manor is at. You know, where it's on yep. that side of the cops of, of trees and where all this would go down without anybody else really seeing it. I, I kind of envisioned like a Japanese showdown of, of two samurai in, in these wooded area going down. And I we all rolled initiative, or actually you did, or no. Dempsey rolled initiative, Drosk rolled initiative, and then you wanted to roll initiative too in episode 50 at the end. I left it on the back yep. end of the, of the episode. And I said, okay, when we pick up, this is what we'll do. So we picked up the episode, Drosk held his action and let Dempsey attack. Then he attacked and I said, what do you want to do, Sibi? And you attacked and when your invisibility dropped, Heinrich immediately attacked you from behind, dropping his invisibility as well. And that was when you guys really got into the, into the thick of it. And it, you know, everything else in the world melted away. It was just- Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it was it was very much like tunnel vision at that point. And I I knew as I started rolling and making a text, I wanted to bind him up, you know, with that wand of web just so I could get away and get some additional cover. And man, I'm like, I'm going to use I got two charges left on this wand. And man, I failed that first one. And I go, this isn't going so hot. But you I, tried it again, and I no, think he I, I, was just rolling dynamite that night, too. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately for Drosk, which we'll have an after-action report uh, with Dempsey and Drosk as well to, to go over that. But that's at another time. But, uh, yeah, he, he Heinrich seemed to be doing really well. Yeah, the, uh, roles, the roles were pretty fantastic for him. You know, I, I, I replayed that episode and that battle in my mind a lot after the episode. And... <clears throat> I could have done things differently. I miscalculated a few things that I, I probably should have engaged him hand to hand, grappled you probably, him. Probably would have done a really good job because he didn't have a very high AC. You know, his his AC was pretty low. He only had a fifteen. Was his yeah. armor class? He had, his, he had a Dex bonus of plus one. He was when he was dodging out of the way. I, I'd have to listen to the recap, but I think he was rolling. Both those times he rolled a 15 on the die and he was able yeah. to, which made it a 16 and it, it got him out of the way both those times. But other than that, I mean, there were times when he was really trying to do some damage to you and he got you once and then a couple other times he kept missing. But I think, you know, my, my plan was is to get to the cover of the manor that was, or the tower that was crumbled. Yeah, cause you, well, you, you broke from, from the conflict and you started running across the field. <clears throat> yeah, and then I, I think, wanted to go ahead. 
Oh, let's go ahead. Tell me yeah, what you I, wanted to do. I wanted to get the cover of that because that I knew so once. Far. That was so you know, fucking far. The problem for me was I, even though you had had mentioned the distances, I it like didn't trigger with me that it was you know a hundred plus feet. It was going to take me several actions to get there. Yeah. Move actions, and I just I, I missed it. It was in your favor, obviously, but I knew that once I could get there, I could just pick him off from a distance with my my crossbow. And that's what he was doing as you were leaving, because <clears throat> like the, one of the first attacks he used was he used chromatic orb, and <laughs> yeah. I, I think he did really low damage on that. And then I think it was only like six points. I think I rolled a one, a two, and a and a four, or some stupid. Yep. But then when you were running, he used quicken spell as a bonus action so he was able to cast it twice and that that used up all of his second level spells and all six of the you know or both of those chromatic orbs hit for for 68 and oh, i think yeah. that's what took you down and then yeah he he was like because I, I think i'd mentioned a couple episodes before that once you guys go down they're going to keep going because at this point it shouldn't be expected on either side unless it's beneficial that any quarter will be given. I mean, at this level, people are just taking people out. The, the stakes are so high that death is usually the outcome of a uh, of an encounter. I mean, look at Dempsey and Drosk, which, you know, we'll, I'll get into that with him too. But I mean, at, at one of those points, had you had the drop on Heinrich, you would have taken him out. Yeah, I, I think... Um you know to your point about you 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 attack till you, you know they're driven into the ground heinrich didn't know if i was just feigning and he didn't so and that's no idea he he i don't remember if he knew if warren was coming in or not but he was starting to move to the east as he was firing he was he was trying to make his way out and i think he kept using a firebolt because it had 120 feet and and he kept missing you go another you know, 30 feet, fire yep. again, and then go another 30 feet. And then he finally hits you with the third one. And I think that's what sealed it at that point. Um, but seared it. <laughs> seared it. Yeah, but he was trying to get out. And I think that if he had missed on that last one, he probably would have ran away. You know, he wasn't going to go out there and kill you in front of everybody. He wasn't going to stand over you. And I think that he, he may have made a perception check. I, I don't remember uh, if he had heard Warren coming in or not. But he knew that it was only a matter of time before he was going to be discovered. And so far, nobody knew who had done it. And nobody still knows. No, he so. had he had to play it that way. I mean, look, the, the group knows, I'm sure, you know, logically, look, it, the Baroness had a hand in this. But the intrigue of it, not yeah. knowing who did it, it's like a hanging chat out there. You just don't know who killed me. Yeah, and I mean, it's possible maybe Drosk had another guy in the woods. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I think somebody had mentioned at one point that it's a possibility that Drosk and the Baroness, you know, that she may uh, bring him into the fold to, to hire him to take care of the, some things. And we never really played that up or went either way. So that still kind of hangs up in the air, whether or not that was there was any truth to that. But I think that once Warren got to a certain point and he made the perception check, he just saw that there was a, an empty bottle, little flask on the, on the ground. And when he sniffed it, he could 
through his arcana check, he was able to know that this is an invisibility potion and that whoever he was looking for was, was gone at that point. I think he smoked like a little doe or something like that, killed, yeah. a, little, killed a little bunny or whatever. But, you know, the, the whole thing is, is that I think Heinrich had said to you, apologize to the Baroness. And yeah. Stabi had held true to his belief, even to the to his own demise. And that's that's admirable. If he was yeah. still alive, I would have gave him a gold doubloon. I mean, the bottom <laughs> line is, is, look, I I played that character, um, especially with the rapier to the Baroness's throat, totally unexpected. Not not only by you, but even the party members. I was if shocked. You, if you I, I think back, I had, I think I had put my notes off to the side at that point. Yeah. If if you look if you look at the I think it was episode fifty if you look at the faces everybody's faces everybody's like holy crap what just happened and I was prepared to just keep playing that just playing that that hand you know for that episode yeah and I'm glad you did that too because I don't ever think that anybody's out to break the game. Nobody's no. trying to trying to ruin the episode or, or trying to ruin the show or whatever by doing something like, I'm going to get drunk and go do what... No, you know, I don't see doing that. I see everybody's doing something that is true to their to their character's backstory and, and who they are. And that Stubby has this huge disdain for any type of, of regal individuals or royalty or people in, in bureaucratic positions like that. He just doesn't tolerate that shit. No, he doesn't. And and it cost him his life. But the key, he achieved what his intent was. He knew that he may die, but his intent was that that bitch was going to pay for Flint's burial. Whether it cost him his life or not, she was going to pay for it. And I remember in episode 51, uh, or is it, no, uh, upcoming episode, <clears throat> you had mentioned, spoiler alert, uh, you had mentioned um, that the Baroness, she's paying for Flint because you had made comment about it in one of the future episodes. Yeah. Um... Okay. <laughs> Trying to figure out if I need to bleep that or not, but we'll let it ride. We'll leave it out there for a little bit. I mean, because it's not really a spoiler at this point, but maybe it is. No, no, we'll no, just, no. We'll no, just it's... leave it. We won't go... We won't go into the semantics of that aspect, but just know that everyone's under belief of that you, Stubby, got what you wanted from her. Yeah, and he did. In turn, but everything else is still kind of up in the air with with the Baroness and Heinrich, and the other party individuals do not know if uh, who had done that. Now, had Warren been able to see that or get into the woods sooner, perhaps, and nobody else even bothered to do a perception check to see uh, what was going on in the woods. <clears throat> I think the only time that they realized that there might have been anything going on was when you burst out of the woods. And then you just saw all this other magic coming from the woods towards you. I just imagine like this little dude just running, you know, trying to get across this field. Just, just firing past you and shit. But I think it, it, it that episode was a a really good uh, kind of deconstruction about party dynamics. When <clears throat> you look, you had three battles going on. Yeah. And 
the party, I, in my opinion, now that I think about this, the, the dynamics and the cohesion of the party, like totally broke down. That nobody really had any battlefield situational awareness of where everybody was. Like nobody knew where Warren was, nobody knew where I was. Valadier happened to be in the open and he was with Dempsey. So the two of them, you know, people knew. But Dempsey but was in his bubble with Drosk. He was. I mean, but he was locked in. He was not gonna worry about anybody else going, you know. I think Valadier was was healing him a little through his Bardic abilities, but outside of that, I mean and I, I have to say honestly, I think this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the Dragon of our Dragon's Demand run through, because it felt like the end of uh, Return of the uh, yeah Return of the Jedi, where you had the you know the fighters going into the superstructure of the Death Star, you had Luke and Vader, and then you had all this shit going on on the Moon of Endor. You know, just these these three different battles, and you're you know we're running through the different initiatives. I mean, we, I had like a stick a mile long of of oh all these gosh. names that I'm shuffling around and shit, and I'm just like. And I don't even have Drosk's name up there too. <laughs> I, I put him in there already in the desk, but yeah, it just it was, it was fun though. I had a really good time, you know, ushering in all these different things and and watching each one of you guys focus in on what was right in front of you, but at the expense of what was going on beside you. Exactly. You know, that's that's your your battlefield awareness that you're talking about is everybody was so focused in on and i wonder how different it would have been like if you had faded back and and partnered up next to Validir, if that could have helped out or if warren had got into the trees sooner or if if you know dempsey had circled around or something or had or if somebody else had made a perception check to see what was going on in the in the trees, you know? I wonder yeah, how I, that would have changed things. Yeah, but I even look at it from this perspective. So, you know, Stabby came out of the gate swinging with Drosk's entourage. I mean, he hit that ape big time. Yeah. Big, yeah. big damage. He did a shit ton of damage. I'll tell you how much right now. Let's have a peek here. The rolls were good. I think that was the hard 20 out of the night. Where's my glasses at? 21 points of damage was yeah, your first was, right out of the gate. Yeah, it was huge. But uh, back to the, the situational awareness of, of that is everybody's... Warren absolutely had to know that it came from the tree line where I was because he was at a vantage point that he could oversee Drosk's, you know, area. But if I was Warren, I'd be like, why isn't he shooting anymore? He had that one shot, mm -hmm. and there's nothing else coming from the tree line, nothing. So where is where is Stabby? Why is he not attacking? And I would think if, as another character with awareness, you're going, hmm, seems like we're down a guy. That's maybe an interesting should... point, by the way, that you bring that up. Yeah, because when I I'm running all these guys, I'm not really thinking about asking somebody, hey, you know, yeah, it's not my job as as a GM either to to help sow those seeds and other people about, hey, you know, what do you think about, you know, Stabi not firing back into the melee anymore? I, it's, you gotta, they all have their own individual agency and I like to, to incorporate that, which is why I say, tell me what you're going to do. I don't wanna thread you through Hunkley's Manor or through the, 
the old collapsed tower or what you're doing in Belheim. Tell me where you're going. Tell me what you want to do. Yeah, I guess my whole, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I just want to see where you guys come up with, because that makes, that's an interesting point because I don't think I even thought about that until you just now said that, that as another player, I would have wondered. Yeah. I commend you for not saying that either. Hey, I wanted to ask you a question. Well, I got you on. Do you have any gold? Did Stebby have any gold doubloons? Not one. <laughs> he didn't have any. But the other people did, though, right? Uh, Dempsey had one. You know, that can be given to somebody in play. Yeah. Yeah. It, it probably would have been useful. It, it could have turned the tide. But I also think turning the tide of the battle too is is i know i keep harping on this situational awareness thing but i think it's important even as we role play these games whether it's D or pathfinder or starfinder you know whatever it is that these are these are team efforts they are and that that you've got to be aware of the other things that are occurring around you. Now, maybe this is just one of those things that was a perfect storm that we were so, you know, the three separate battles. But I would say anybody that is role-playing in these games, it's not just your character sheet. It's and and your interaction with a door or uh, a monster or anybody around you is you have to be aware of everything going on around you and you have to draw conclusions sometimes. Yeah, I think um, when you think about the team and everybody doing everything as a cohesive unit, I look back at the battle with the Sheer Fiend and it almost seemed as though not everybody was pulling in the same direction. There was a lot of give and take, a lot of give and take, but it was very singular focused. That was where, uh, where Flint died. But then if you look at the the other battle with the, uh, what was that thing? I gotta find his name. It was the uh, the little, the little Lodo? buzzer. Yeah. No, that was uh, not not Lodo. I think his name was Zabub was his name. Um, and he had summoned in, once you guys broke that containment circle and he had summoned in those little, all oh, those wretch people, you guys owned that fucking battle. I mean, you guys worked the shit out of him. You kept him cornered. You kept firing him. And, and it was a smaller arena, definitely. But there were a lot of people in there, too. There was five... Uh, was there five, I think? Five adversaries with you guys also. Oh, yeah. Because he summoned in four of them. Yeah, I mean, you guys were... It's did an amazing job kicking the shit out of that guy. I can't find the, the notes on that, but... You guys did a really, really good job. <clears throat> and then you come on to episode 51 where this three front battle and it's just, it wasn't that you guys weren't owning it. I just think that you guys were, you were intentionally cut off from one another because Drosk had said, you know, if any of your boys step in while we're doing this, we're all going to fist fuck you. And yeah. so, you know, Radke, he's you know as Dempsey he's like no it's just going to be you and me dude we're going to do this and so Valadir went to the to the three orcs and the war ape which had already taken damage but then took no more damage from you and then you were doing your own thing and I mean everybody had 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 a, a problem in front of them that they were trying to come to a solution to which I, I liked you know how, how much 
Did I do 50% damage to that ape on my first shot? Almost. He, he had a lot of hit points to him. Oh, I'm sure and he, he did. And he was beefed up considerably. And uh, the orcs, they really didn't have too many hit points. Uh, they only had 17 each. I think 17, or is that 19? I can't even read my own writing. I think it's 19. But they were they were getting pretty smoked. And Drosk, he was just a force to be reckoned. I actually generated him as a PC also. And then I found something better as I already a pre-made in the monster manual. So I went with that guy. I was I was floored when you when you spoke as Heinrich after I fired off that shot. I was like, holy shit. This is this is either gonna go spectacularly wrong or it's gonna go spectacularly well in my favor. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to the roll of the dice. The hard twenty. The hard twenty. And you know what's I was I had to watch the replay, but I was hoping it would have shocked you not only just to be attacked from behind, but that it was him. And I was I was, I was hoping that it would be like, fuck, you know, one of those those feelings. And I hope it sank in there. So. It did, because you, you played him like a feeble old man. Yeah. He was, it, it was, it was such a, he's such a ringer. Yeah. I, I think I had mentioned when you were holding the knife to her throat and we were doing some stuff, I was already like going through my notes for to, to see how he was going to deal with you. And, and luckily it got diffused at the time. And also there was a point where uh, I, I can't remember what the instance was when Dempsey was going to deal with Drosk and I was trying to I actually built Drosk during that episode while we were talking on my tablet. I, I had to go through and build him real fast. I was like, fuck, you know, I got to get this guy ready because I have a feeling Dempsey's going to go straight for him, you know, and luckily that got pushed off and everything kept getting pushed off, kept getting deferred. I, th I thought episode 50 was going to be this, this monumental battle. And it turned out that that was the one where a lot of things kind of got stitched up. You were dealing with uh, uh, Zen May's, House of Blues or whatever things, Zenmei's tonics. <laughs> yeah, the tonics and then the, and yeah. then the temple. Yeah, when you guys went to Flint's, uh, the Shrine of the Six-Pointed Star, so you could yep. deal with, with his fellow acolytes and figure out what they wanted to do with his body and stuff. And But all in all, I, I think that this is still one of my favorite episodes. And we'll see how far uh, the rest of the, the AP plays out. So yeah. I'm really excited. I, I'm I mean, I, I guess I'm excited. You guess? <laughs> as best as I can be. You know, I've, I'm not playing Stebby anymore, but uh, you know what? I think the game has played out exactly um, the way we had hoped it all would. And I think episode 51 for sure is is one of my favorites, if if not my favorite of the of this AP. I mean, there's been a couple other episodes, you know, with uh, uh, PC interaction and yeah. NPC interaction that have been great. And I like that, too. I like the, the interaction and the role playing aspects. I like getting involved with the other people in the town. And and a lot of times um, their their backstories are very minimal. 
it, it doesn't even say like some people it'll say in their background I don't have the paper here, but it'll say, you know, that this place is run by so-and-so who is a lawful, neutral female human. That's it. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, so as you start going in and you guys start asking questions and we start generating this personality. And I think I mentioned this on one of the intros of one of the APs or one of the episodes that I just did that whenever you're doing a published AP, you have every right to help turn that into your own by adding your own flavor as long as it doesn't detract from the overall narrative of that AP. Yep. And so when we start building these individuals, um, you guys help me, you guys help me figure out what I'm going to do with the personalities and how they will react to how you guys act and whether they feed into your, your darkest, you know paranoia or they help diffuse it and bring you down and become allies or something it's you know just one of those things that I, I really enjoy because i feel like i'm playing i mean obviously i am but i'm you know, every time i see one of you guys die just remember how many of my guys die oh yeah <laughs> think about the pain i feel when the sheer demon died oh yeah I, i'll tell you i have you know i had a 30 plus year hiatus from D&D or any of the role-playing games. I will say that having been back, um, what, year and a half now, you yeah. know, on the, on the show, that this AP has, it's taught me a lot. Um, I've, <laughs> I've learned a lot. And it, I, I, these are all really, really good um, experiences to have because as we progress through this AP and, and other APs, it just gets better and better. And and the hope is, is that we all get better in our role play, you know, and, and how we're playing the game for the show. I'm, I'm super excited. And I am starting to see everybody start to get into the first person and start to start to give some voice to who they are. I hear Radke starts to get more into that, his Irish boxing type of voice. And, you know, you <laughs> yeah. hear Valadiers with this thick Russian accent. Oh. I won't do nothing more than crush you, you know, and you're starting to get into the, you know, you got it. Like, I mean, we've talked about this is like, just give it a shot. You yeah, know, I mean, you're amongst family. And I think that the listeners love it. I honestly do. I, I've heard people say, um, in their comments, like on uh, Apple Podcasts and stuff, that yeah, you know the DM he does these, he does you know different you know character voices, and it's it's kind of cool. It's funny, but it's really cool. And you know, hey, you know, I'm glad you like it because honestly, I'm not gonna stop. Oh, it's fun. You know, man. I, it's I enjoy running the show. I'm playing in front of friends. I don't get nervous when I'm when I'm DM in front of you guys and. I, I wish we had the ability to play in person again, you know, I, that would be awesome. I would really, really dig doing that in person. You know, not, I know that when we were wrapping up the hidden shrine at Tomoakon, that was one of those APs that I was running that it, it wasn't until we started going through it that I, I was less pleased, not with the, the role playing and everything, but with the overall AP, it was just a constant battle, battle, battle. Everything you did was a battle. Yeah, but the last episode of that, uh, I really enjoyed because it was you know I got cut out like seventy percent of that thing because it would have just been a, a slog fest all the way down. So, 
you actually made it to the end of it and i just kind of curtailed it but that whole fucking battle was amazing so anybody wants to listen to to a good battle listen to the last episode of the hidden shrine of tomokan i think it's episode 10 we only ran it for 10 episodes before we switched over to this one which i i'm really enjoying this one and i, I still can't believe it's going on as long as it is but i'm i am blown away that we are this many episodes in well you know we just need to start bringing it home and i think everybody knows what's important i think uh you guys are going to clear up a few things that have to deal with Hunkley's leftovers before you guys deal with the auction if you're still going to yep. and then everything else that goes on the back side of that and like i said i'm really looking forward to that so we'll party on with that gotta wrap it up at some point bigger and better things to move on to all right well i guess uh i'll catch you on episode 52 looking forward to definitely so brother it was great talking about this Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We've also got a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over there and hit that like bell, and don't forget to subscribe. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to check us out and look for us out there. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can also download the current show directly and view our archives and galleries. we got a lot of interesting stuff posted there, so head on over. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.